0: So Fiona Gaminda, not only an ANZ customer, which is pretty important, uh, but actually the co-owner of Vizi, one of the world's largest privately owned packaging uh, and recycling groups. You know, Vizi employs more than 7,000 people, operates uh, in more than 120 plants and factories throughout Australasia. Now, Fiona is a member of the Vizi family board, the Pratt family board, and their executive committee. And she's actually actively involved in the daily business, dealing with customers, The factories, governance, strategic planning for innovation, just to name a few areas. Now, I know that Fiona has a particular interest in sustainability, which is very important to us. And of course, gender balance, which is also important to ANZ. And she plays a leadership role across those issues across the entire Visi organisation. Now, she is also one of Australia's most successful business people. And uh, in addition to that, to make her life even a bit more complicated, she's the mother of four and involved in numerous philanthropic uh, enterprises. So welcome, Fiona, and thanks really very much for joining us today. We've got people from all over the world uh, from ANZ, so some of them may not be as familiar with the brand, uh, Visi. Uh, so it might be worth just sharing a little bit of the highlights. You know, How did Visi start? And, and, and ex- a little bit more about the operations themselves.
1: Well, basically, um, Visi started in 1948 by my grandfather, Leon Pratt. He came as a um, a migrant from Poland. And he, his wife, and his um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law went to Shepparton and they bought an orchard and they became orchardists. And so they used to pick fruit in their suits and they'd put the fruit in wooden boxes. And uh, my grandfather had the brilliant idea. He thought they're, they're really heavy, so we should start a cardboard box factory. And so what happened was he decided to move to Melbourne and he bought a little shop or he wanted to buy a little cardboard box shop and he looked he went to net many people for investment and what happened was um nobody gave him money and he was looking for a thousand pounds and he ended up going to his sister-in-law and he said to her will you give me the money and, and they agreed that she'd give him a thousand pounds on the condition that they would name the business after her and her name was ida visboard so there was the birth of visiboard which was oh. it was quite sweet yes. and um what happened was um my grandfather um, was on his deathbed in about 1969, and my father was 34 at the time, and he And he said to my father, look, you know, you're a bit of an idiot. Um, this won't, uh, the, the, <laughs> the business won't succeed. And like, he, he, we have to, always, he was always worried about the debt and he didn't want to expand the business. So um, he died in 1969, and, and I think the next week, my father expanded into Sydney, um, you know, Brisbane, uh, Queensland and and the rest of history. So now we're in a national company, um, and also in 1981, my father decided uh, we used to get paper from um, APM at the time, and they were really um, horrible to us. They used to give us bad paper and late, and my father realised that the paper was very expensive, and it was made from from trees, and so the trees are are in the are in the the forests, and the freight was very expensive. And he, in New in 1981, he went to New York and he pulled out some cardboard from the rubbish tip and decided, he thought, this is a resource that nobody wants. It's it's in our urban space. Um, this would be great to use as a cheap way of um, producing paper. So, in 1981 was the birth of recycled paper mills. Um, we, we built seven. Again, I was always personally horrified because I wanted him to own a shoe shop or a milk bar. Anyway, so then we... <laughs> Um, We ended up uh, in 2000, he bought a company called Southcore and we expanded into bottles and plastics, cans, bottles and plastics. And then um, uh, rolling forward to 2019, where we had the pandemic and we ended up buying the glass factory. There
0: are so many families who've done so well in this country who came as migrants in many, you know, really tough times. And, you know, I think, you know, we've got to be thinking about the long term future that people and particularly migrants and new Australians contribute to the economy. That's a great story, Fiona. But the, it, it, why don't we just talk about what's your role and a little bit that you actually have in, in, in the business?
1: Sure, sure. Well, my my father was um, quite an in, an inspiration to me. So in uh, the role in the business is um, basically, well, my background is advertising. I did a law degree. Then um, I ended up working in the business when just probably a couple of years before he was dying, and he said to me, just remember, it's 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 not a sprint, it's a marathon. And how his day was structured, but he used to start work at some ungodly hour, like three o'clock in the morning, but I, I start at nine. He said, start big, go middle, and then go small. So what you do, I do is sort of daily, I, I go visit the factories when we don't have COVID. Um, then uh, lunchtime around sort of late morning lunch, I'll go to the office and then Early afternoon, I'll have lunch with a you know a supplier or a customer or a staff member, and I usually travel a couple of times a week um, and I'll go to different factories. Uh, we are you know we're we're a very sort of human uh, family oriented factory, a, a business, and uh, the the business love seeing the family. They love seeing us, they they love they get you know I'm very involved in everybody. I know I know their lives, what they're doing, and they they sort of become friends. Which is a really lovely part
0: of the culture. I, I notice in my uh, dealings with you over the years you do have that family culture with your suppliers and your customers you really you have this very closeness with them you know the various people again is that just part of the culture of the
1: firm? Yeah we have a very strong as I said family culture but also we have a we have a strong ethic in our business where um, we hire we try to hire the best people for the job and then get out of the way and let them do their job. So as my mother always used to say to me, you don't tell Picasso how to paint. So effectively you um, basically get them to do their job. I, it, I always, I, I term myself the annoying mother-in-law or auntie um, that I, I influence, but I don't, mandate as in it's really up to people to make their own decisions as how how they should move forward
0: you've worked your entire life I mean there must have been times that were quite challenging uh or difficult that you really learnt from are there any yeah. things you wanted to share there in terms of it
1: made you a better a better business leader business is actually about problem solving so when I first started working I used to think oh if only this didn't happen if only you know but it is about problems. So you actually have to take that mentality of, of how to deal with problems that come at you, especially in Australia. For example, the weather where we're heavily fruit and produce, manuf- you know, we make boxes for them. So the fires in Tumut last year were really stressful because it put pressure on our supply of um, wood. And we actually learned a technique of how to use burnt wood, which was extraordinary and a world first. Um, by far, and I, I don't want to be sort of obvious, but the, ch- the biggest challenge at the moment is COVID. Um, health and safety is the number one priority for our teams and motivation and mental health and safety, as well as physical health and safety. As I don't know how familiar you are in the with the business part but you know freight is an enormous challenge at the moment and yep. that's been really difficult and also containers and sea freight how that affects us is there's a huge shortage of paper everywhere and our raw materials such as aluminium and stuff like that
0: of course one of the big challenges everybody's become very familiar with at the moment but it's always been there has been work life balance how did how did you manage because you've had such an active career you know big demands you know big family and I know how important that is, and and not just your children, but your your siblings and and your your parents, et cetera. How did you manage through that, and 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 sort of um, able to sort of make it all work?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, pre there's sort of I suppose pre COVID and post COVID, um, family is very important to us, as it emanates in in sort of the business culture, and also business is very important to us too. Um, one thing that I insist on we, had dinner on, we have dinner on the table at 6.30 every night, and that's an opportunity to um, sort of get everybody together and galvanise the group. And um, we, we, funnily enough, end up talking a lot about business. And, you know, we're a business family, so everybody... And, and I, I have to laugh because I grew up... Um, hearing about business from my father, which I, I never really understood what he was talking about, which is quite amusing. And now my husband is a passionate businessman and he talk, we, we all talk with our kids. And I've got two girls in business at the moment and my son works at Visi. So um, generally, and, and with COVID, I say that because we're, we're quite close at the moment because everybody's living at home. It's a yes. bit of a crazy, crazy life. How do you think your children's views on things? Have they
0: shaped the way you think about business in the world? And I'm thinking about things like younger generations view on issues like sustainability and climate change. Have they had an impact on your own and, and your husband
1: Rafi's thinking? Well, that's, I always say children are our best teachers and they embody everything at the moment for the next generation. And they actually challenge me about so many issues. First of all, I've got three girls and a boy, so we're, female gender strong in our family, and, and they live it. Um, so my son is very passionate about sustainability. He's working at Visi, and he's he's bringing ideas to me. And my son, his dream is to figure out a way of recycling plastic in a real meaningful way so you can actually reuse it. Um, that's that's a big challenge. One of the things
0: you've said on the record is you've said that Visi, in your mind, is state of the art when it comes to technology. And I know also, we haven't talked about that, it's really important to the family business, the use of technology, but you said that at some point that you felt you were years behind on gender balance. And it'd be interesting just to hear because manufacturing, you know, banking has its own challenges. Yeah. I imagine manufacturing is also quite difficult from a gender balance. What are some of the things you're thinking about or actions you've taken to encourage more women in in businesses like, like Visi and other manufacturing
1: areas? Yes, thank thank you for the question. It is very challenging. Um, there's no silver bullet. I don't think uh, there's one sort of a one, you do one thing. It's constant. Um, what we did, I, I decided to, first of all, I asked a lot of our business leaders, um, basically, um, what, what, what are they doing? And I spoke to, you know, Peter Margin, who was one of the, the chair of Schweppes and all sorts of things. And I decided to run a, first of all, I opened it, had a conference and um, with all of our staff and, you know, different, obviously on Zoom and things like that. And I challenged our team leaders to employ at least one female executive in the group, in their group. And I'm very proud to say that 43% of our new hires have are women. And again, it's, it's gradual, but it's a start. Also, we're trying to implement policies that are making it attractive for women. You're probably doing this anyway, but you know, um, 12-week, um, pay, you know, maternity leave, um, annual um, where you can um, purchase annual leave, um, you know, just, just different areas where, and, you know, lunch and learns, meet and greets, women mentoring programs, bringing out female managers forward. And we're also uh, members of a group called Willow, which is, you know, women in leadership organisations. So again, slow and steady and I would love to do some sort of exchange with with ANZ to see what they do, because I would imagine that you guys would be really progressive.
0: How do you stay motivated, and how do you, what motivates you as you think about the future beyond yeah. COVID, and you know, in the in the years to
1: come, what really excites you about that? Again, I sort of draw back to my father, who was like, you know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. I. I I think it's important particularly for women to have a goal and a purpose and it doesn't matter what it is, if it's digging a hole or cooking a meal or whatever and what I do is I literally spent sort of half of my working career, you sort of walk up the mountain and just look at each step and then when I'm looking across the mountain now and I think how do I go down it, look how far we've come, look what we've done and and what can we do further so within our business, you know, we bought a glass factory that we kind of know nothing about and we've, we've started and, and it's been a very successful collaboration. Um, you know, we're building box factories. We're, we're doing all sorts of exciting things. We've got a $77 million upgrade in a can factory. Um, so we just have to keep projecting what's going to happen in the future. And I don't believe in statutory retirement. So I, um, I'm, I'm going to be here till I'll, I'll be dropped dead in my chair. So um, I just think it's good to also encourage the younger members of the team to sort of look at at how far they've come and, and where they're going. I think that's really important. Thanks, Fiona. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.